What's up, ladies, gentlemen, and others? My name is Terrell Norton, and it's another exciting episode of Binge. I chuckle every time I say it's an exciting episode. <laughs> I do. Every single time, I'm like, it's exciting. Uh, today, we've got uh, the prince of downtown Tulsa. Normally, it was downtown Tulsa comedy and whatnot, but I've, I've escalated you. Thank you. Yeah, now you're the prince of just downtown Tulsa. I appreciate that. Evan Hughes, what's up, dude? Hey, nice to be here. Uh I understand it's kind of it's awkward, kind of like you have to sell stuff. Yeah, you know you gotta sell the show. I gotta sell it. Yeah, I'm not but, very good at it either. No, like you're doing great, <laughs> as Casey would say. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> uh, well, and so uh, if you haven't listened before, first of all, get your fucking life together. But also, uh, if you haven't listened, what happens on this show is we talk about binge worthy television. Uh, you know epidemic and all that shit you know we're all just been sitting in our fucking homes but uh you know we're out and about a little bit now so you know you don't have to binge quite as heavily but fuck it we're gonna keep the show going like that's <laughs> that's where we're at uh and the guest always picks the show evan uh what did you pick today so uh i'm gonna be real with everyone listening to this uh before you hear what the show is i don't have a tv you don't uh, have a tv i don't have a tv but uh, what is all your furniture face uh just, <laughs> i don't have a lot of furniture either <laughs> Well, let's just poke holes in everything that I'm talking about, Evan. Fuck. Well, no, this is this is good though. So I've seen one show. Okay. One show. So it's called The Queen's Gambit, and I saw it at my friend Brittany's house. We watched every single episode. Hey, there you go. So I'm qualified to talk about. So this you show. straight up just you were like a guest binger. We did, yeah, we did it over like two days. So Brittany had already seen it, but it was so good that she was willing to watch the whole thing, all the way through again with, yeah. with me and Tracy. Tracy's her roommate. Okay. Um. So the show the show's about chess. Right, right. Now, I haven't actually seen this show. Um, I actually say, have you ever done this thing where you're eating a meal and you look at one particular bite and you're like, I'm going to save that motherfucker till the last bite? Yes. Yeah, I'm doing that with Queen's Gambit <laughs> right now. I'm just like, I'm going to save this and I'm going to binge the fuck out of it, but I'm saving it. So, but I, I understand the premise that it's, it's about a female chess player, right? And she kind of like rocks the world of uh, like all male chess, right? Yeah. What's What's cool about it too is that it's like I've always been into those uh, those shows or movies or whatever it is about someone that's just like born with like a just an insane amount of talent because right. it's kind of almost like the superhero thing, but it's more real. It's like you know you have the Spider Man oh, yeah. and he's he got bit by a spider and then he's Spider Man. But Did she get like, bit by a chess piece? Is that what happened? That would have been that would have been that, so much better. <laughs> She's just playing with the pieces as a toddler, and then like a little bishop piece just kind of <laughs> opens up and just bites her. Just, ah! And then from then on, she's just kind of like, oh my god, queen <laughs> to pawn eight. I don't know why I know this. Like, <laughs> so actually, uh, fun fact, I don't call it a bishop. I just say like the pointy guy. The pointy guy. And I, <laughs> instead of the castle, or no, the rook, I say the castle. The castle, okay. The horse. I feel like ca is uh, castle is actually a move in chess. Yeah, I don't look oh, like. Yeah, yeah you know. I don't look like I know anything about chess. I know some shit, dude. You know that's <laughs> that's like the the one move that most people don't know. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, the one where you can take your rook and your king and just move them. Yeah, shit, dude. I thought I was gonna come teach you something. Today. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a damn. professional. God damn. damn it! And you didn't even know what show, so you had no time I have to research nothing, chess. Nothing. Yeah, I I asked you what show you're doing on the way here. On the way here. <laughs> Damn, dude, you're good. You're good. You know a lot of shit about a lot of shit. I know. I I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I don't know a lot about a few things. I know a few things about a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that. 
yeah. so uh, how we how we ended up like kind of getting started is they took a trip to New York where uh-huh. they're like still like playing chess out in the park and shit. Right, right. Yeah, they. Uh, I always see that in movies and everything. I've never been to New York. I'm very excited to go one day. Um, if you would like to out there, make sure that I go on that trip. The email <laughs> is bingepodcast918 at gmail, and we'll set up a PayPal if we need to. Uh, <laughs> but I always see that in movies and everything. It always just seems like one of the purest things. Because it's just this public thing that's set up for people like, hey, you want to play fucking chess? There you go. And it's like you almost if you were to just see that on paper, I don't think like you'd believe that that's something that exists that isn't tampered with. You know what I mean? Because half the things that are just for the public are fucked with invariably Mm -hmm. at one point or another. But these have been sitting for decades, it seems, you know, in parks and whatnot for chess. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's something kind of awesome about chess and about you know our our uh we're kind of drawn to it almost yeah and this is this is kind of a side thing we'll get back to the show but we ended up watching searching for bobby fisher too which is like a nice. old chess movie yeah like lawrence fishburne <laughs> bobby fisher it, where is he i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i would say anyone that wa- that binges queen's gambit also throw in searching for Bobby Fisher. Just throw it in at the end. Yeah. Just as a palate cleanser. Yeah. Alter, <laughs> alternate timeline. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's still chess, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but uh, the, what's the what's the main girl's uh, name in the show? Uh, Beth Harmon. Beth Harmon. Okay. Because I, I swear the, the second I saw the preview, I was like, oof. Yep. That's got to that's gotta happen. Because yeah. it just seems cool. Because she seems like she's not only on top of her game, but she knows she's on top of it. Yeah, it's um, and another thing I thought to, to tell people about the show is like I talked to other friends about it, and there's people that have seen either the first episode, or the you know first and part of the second or whatever, and they've bailed on it early. They haven't been able to make it okay. out, out of the early on because it starts a little bit slow, slow moving, just but, kind of establishing everything. But they got it all that stuff. You got to see it to set up all this stuff that comes later. And it's someone like right. yourself that writes comedy. The movie does so many callbacks. Like I think it's someone that's that's into that kind of that. that like maybe write- they started as a comedy writer or something, or uh, I, you know, I don't know. But I mean, it's just it's one of those. Well, things fuck where it. It's- we got technology. We can Wikipedia this motherfucker. Let's see. Well, it's it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of shows don't really utilize the like you know characters that you see in the beginning don't necessarily come back in the end. Right. But but this is written in such a way that it's very satisfying. It's it's one thing that a lot of people liked about Seinfeld is that they tie it back together. Right. They in a way where kinda- you're like, yes. <laughs> Like he's back, you know, and, and this and this show delivers on that. Where I, I think, you know, even in the beginning, I mean, it, it maybe it could have been faster moving, but right, it's all necess- It pays it off so well that it's like is worth it. Any time right. that you invest, well, because I was gonna say, like, I mean, given that you you're like, yeah, it could have started a little bit faster, but are you? Would you say that it's definitely worth the payoff though? A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So essentially, people out there in I have nothing better to do land than listen to this shitty podcast. Uh, Queen's Gambit <laughs> uh, is a pay has a payoff, but it starts slow. Yeah, don't bail on it just because. Well, and also early on they start her as like a you know an eight or nine year old, so you're like, oh, I'm watching the show about a kid in an orphanage, right? But it's like. They bring that her old into chestnut. <laughs> once the the sixteen year old hits the screen or whatever, you know, and like she's into her drug addiction, her alcoholism. It's, oh, hey, it was, sold. It was necessary <laughs> to watch the beginning. Yeah, I, and it's it's almost as much about addiction to drugs and alcohol as it is about chess. So does she use it like chess is kind of her way out of her addiction? Kind of like 
Man, that's that's such a tricky question that I hadn't really it's thought about. It's definitely got, it's kind of a minefield of a thing to talk about because, you know, you and I both understand, uh, not everyone will, but addictions and things like that. We both know people who have addictions. I personally have gone through addictions and whatnot that it's like there are multiple factors to them. There's not just one or two things that'll heal something or, or make you realize anything like that. So I know it's kind of a, a minefield, but as far as like with the show, is that kind of how they present it as kind of like, uh, she has an, she has addictions, but this kind of helps her get out of that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to fully answer that question or not, but it's, it's, I think it's just sort of like, you know, the, the artist in general, it's like the musician that has the problem, you know, the chef, the comedian, it's that, it's that similar thing. And then you kind of see it in the chess world too. And you're just like, Oh shit. I, I, it, I think it's just the way kind of some people are wired and some people that are extremely talented in one area also struggle with addiction for some reason, be it, you know, pro wrestlers or whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck it yeah, is. Yeah, Cause you're also into pro wrestling quite a bit. So that's, that really did plague pro wrestling quite. It still is as from what I understand. Right. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, there's just, yeah. I mean, in pro wrestling, it's a totally different, um, a different thing, but it's just, it's necessary for them to, to live, uh, the life that they also want to live. I think. Right. Well, and so because like when it comes to addiction and everything, I don't know what it is, but even people that have never had an addiction, if you throw that that factor into a story, people are hooked every mm-hmm. time. It's just one of those. Th- I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you've had one, you can relate. And if you've never had one, you're fascinated. Mm-hmm. But uh, how deep do they go into the whole addiction part of things? Or is it more of like just letting you know that it's there? Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking deep. I mean, there's times where it's like, you know, they're supposed to be at this fucking tournament, but they're like fucked up at the house. You know what I right. mean? That kind of a thing. And it, you're just watching it and you're like, damn, like this person could be like over here. You know, they could be all the way up the ladder, but instead they're, they're right. down here. Be, they're as low as, you know, um, someone that that um doesn't have anything going for them right um but yeah i was thinking on the wrestling thing for a second it's interesting the the people that kind of like you know you chase that high in different ways you know it it must feel fucking incredible to like walk out into a fucking sold out arena and people are going nuts for you you right and then you're you're just at the hotel later you know and then you're just doing nothing you're just a nobody again and they say that in baseball too so you know these these pitchers they go out on the road so they've got like Four, you know, they do what? What do they do? They do three or four games in a something city, like that, yeah. something like that, and they only pitch like one of them. So they're just in the city, bored as fuck for three days. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you gonna do? Are you gonna have something to drink? Or are you gonna do right. something? You know, it's, it's. You it's can go full boredom. Wade Boggs, just just <laughs> drink like seventy something beers on a flight. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> but what I mean, like with with chess though, do you how do you play chess often? Okay, so that's that's another thing I was gonna talk about. I played when I was a kid. Yeah. But then I didn't play basically my entire life, but this got me back in. And now now I'm playing all the time. <laughs> but that's awesome, though. I feel like I also feel like that that had to have been like a goal. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to have your show that this passion project that you have center around something, why wouldn't you go ahead and want your goal to be to get other people into that? You know what I mean? Like I've watched plenty of sports movies or anything like that. Sports ball. But like, <laughs> uh you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, oh, I, I watched Miracle and now I'm back into hockey or like, you know, oh, I watched Remember the Titans. It really made me miss football. So now I'm in an adult 30 single league or some shit like that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> uh, but like, I, I wonder 
I'm sure there's like statistics or something around it, but I wonder how much America got into chess after because that was like number one on Netflix for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I think I think it has kind of brought back like a, a renaissance or whatever. Um, yeah, it's a, really a testament to uh, to your art. Like if you put out something and you get all these fucking people into it, like if there's a movie about stand up and it gets hot and then suddenly everyone's into stand up, right? That's like that's, I mean, it really says a lot about the producers of the show and watching it like. I mean, I can't tell you exactly how accurate it is, but there's so much involved. It's so long. I mean, I can't remember if it was like eight episodes or however many it was. Right. But like, there's so much chess knowledge in there that whoever, whatever experts they had to have on staff to be able to like, be like, you know, would this be a thing? Right. Like, is this good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, is this accurate? You know, would these be the moves? Because there's a lot of um, math and shit involved. Like, I just can't even imagine like writing the script. Like, you would have to be either an expert or have an expert like attached to you right on your right right your right hand man to be like able, a, a right consultant or whatever yeah fuck yeah because that begs the question too is is would the writer have been the expert or he's like you know whatever and i i don't know like that to me seems weird you know what i mean like because mm-hmm. you know like we were talking about I'm, I'm helping to write this this comedy show right now and it's you know it's pretty straightforward to help with writing that because you know it's comedy it's and all the people involved are comedians and everything so we're all helping to do this but it feels it would I feel like it would feel weird to like you're the writer but then you have to con- you know have a like consultant over here be like all right so I wrote this and I'm really proud of it what do you think and he'd be like, ah no fucking person <laughs> would do that I don't know why he talks like that in my mind but he does uh, but like ah fuck you that'll, that'll never fucking happen and oh okay I'll start from fucking scratch real quick Jesus but like I, I just I've always wondered about that you know what I mean I wonder what it's like to work with a consultant or if it's from your own mind like like if you were to what's like have you ever yeah, you've helped to write a few things right yeah and it's been mostly comedy based, like yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you What do you think would would happen? Like, well, I was talking to uh, uh, one of my uh, friends there at AJB, and he's he's writing like a full length, um, uh, kind of like a local movie type thing. Uh huh. And he wants me to be pretty involved in it. And I was kind of like, well, dude, you know, I haven't written you know that many scripts at that level. I mean, you could write like a little. You know, I mean, I'd be comfortable writing like a little sketch or something, but like, right. you know, there's people that actually go to school for that, that would know that you do this and that and the other. And he was like, actually, it's kind of cool that you haven't because, um, I think it's actually, uh, um, it's similar to, to comedy, whereas that sometimes the person that hasn't watched every special, it's almost an advantage because you're not, you're not just going to go over just kind of like tried and true. Right stuff that you've seen it's like someone that that has no experience in a field could almost come up with something more interesting it's like someone you know like what would your rap album sound like if you've hardly ever heard rap right. before if someone just roughly told you what it was and they're well, like all right record what you well, think and I mean, it is with the comedy thing too like if you or i are sitting there you know you sit down to work on your bits or anything like that and you have this great idea and then you start writing it a lot of us will stop writing because we're like, oh, that's a little too similar yes. to this guy. But for all we knew, it was, you know, nowhere near that similar. You're just being hard on yourself. But if someone doesn't really watch comedy or anything like that, they're just like going ahead with the joke because they're like, fuck it. I'm a genius. <laughs> no one's ever thought of this. Like, here we go. And you know what? For all, like that, that bit might kill. You know what I mean? Because 
the thing is too is that like we also we answer to the comedy world as well as the audience so you know that's there's that duality to it that it's like yeah that joke's a little bit similar but i feel like it's enough away from it that comedians aren't going to be like hey way to rip off that fucking comedian you hack where and the audience you know no one's going to come up and be like oh i saw that special i'm glad you (laughs) told that joke it's one of my favorites like (laughs) fuck (laughs) yeah it's it's uh it's um you, you, there's kind of a line between being, you know, too influenced or, or maybe you don't know it enough about what you're doing. You know, um, it, I think it is it is possible to consume too much where oh, you, can't, you can't you can't get out from under it. You uh-huh. know, like, like there's people that are like you sound too much like this guy because you've watched him too much. Right. You know. Well, and I mean, too, there there is something to be said about like, you know, the quote unquote inspirations to get you to what you're doing and things like that. Like we both have comedians that we love and look up to. Like, uh, you know, I love kind of more the, the I don't want to say edgy because that always just makes me think of edge lords, And I, I don't like those guys, <laughs> but uh, not edgy. But I wouldn't I would say more like real almost like Jezelneck or whatever well more like uh dan soder i would put in that category just because the things that he talks about are more real to his life and things like that whereas like you have comedians that you know it's my wife and it's like motherfucker you just wrote this bit you know your <laughs> wife doesn't do any of those fucking things like you had to okay it with her before you could tell these fucking <laughs> jokes you know Whereas, like, Dan Soder talks about being raised by a single mom, you know, one of his bits that he has that I really enjoy is when his mom caught him looking at porn for the, you know, the first time on the family computer or something (laughs) like that. You know, shit like that. Like, I like real when it comes to when it comes to comedy and things like that. Anyone can write like a premise and be like, isn't this funny? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, did that happen to you? No, no, it didn't fucking happen to me. I just thought it'd be something fucking funny. Let's here we go. But like, you know. Again, with the voices. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I enjoy that a little bit more. And I wonder if there's something to be said about that uh, in, like, like chess or anything like that. To where it's like, I mean, you know, I, I don't know shit about chess except, like, how to play it. So, you know, there are probably people that are super into it that are just like, I enjoy him more. He's more, like, aggressive. Or things oh, like yeah, that. There's different styles, and they go over that in the in the movie The Queen's Gambit. Oh, they do go over it. Okay. That is named after a, a type of... Uh, attack basically but there's different like there's like the sicilian defense which is a type of like you move over here and it's a it's a type of like guard of your uh okay so there's people that are more attacking when they play and there's people that are more defensive they're like you come at me you know and i I lure you in and i trap you (laughs) come at me bro yeah (laughs) come at me bro your pawns ain't shit (laughs) (laughs) well and i mean like but that's the thing is that it's like it's i think it's across all i don't even want to say hobbies because i don't even look at you know comedy is a hobby or anything that's like a it's it's a weird i hate it when people refer to certain things as hobbies because you're kind of like what's the word i don't know i just woke up a little while ago uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking 5 30 in the afternoon i'm like i just woke up uh it's it's one of those things that it's like whenever you say that it's a hobby it's almost like you uh uh you're, you're like minimizing it yeah, exactly yeah. yeah you're minimizing it you're making it not as big of a thing to me and my life and everything like that so i even hesitate to call things hobbies because you know when you when i think hobby i think like oh you're in the soapbox derby or some dumb shit like that <laughs> when i don't think of the thing that helps me you know to cope with the massive amounts of dumb shit that goes on in my head, you know, things like that, which is what comedy has been for years now. And so whenever someone calls it a hobby, I'm always just kind of like, you can go die in a fire. (laughs) Like you can go fuck yourself that it's a hobby. 
you know, well, and uh, it's uh, funny. Fuck it's funny you kind of thinking about like who does it though, being like the difference. Like there's like the person doing like the insanely detailed like mural, and then there's like me drawing at the restaurant. You right. know, it's like we're both doing the same thing, but are we? <laughs> but are we really? <laughs> Yeah, no, because, like, we do, we both know the comedians that, yeah, it is 100% just a hobby. Like, they're just kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun, whatever. I don't really give a shit how, how well I do or anything. But then on the flip side, you have people that we both know as well that it's like, this is not just a hobby. This is, like, way of life type shit. Like, this mm-hmm. is like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I should write real quick. Like, even within the confines of, like, quarantine and everything like that, I knew people that were messaging me going, hey, what do you think of this joke? I'm like, when the fuck are you going to tell it, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> oh, what are you, you going to tell it to your fucking dog? Like, <laughs> Shit. but like, that's the thing is that it's like, when it comes to anything really, because like, I've, I rarely think about chess. You know what I mean? It's not exactly something that's on my mind all the time or anything like that. And so, you know, I'm sure I would fuck up and be like, oh, you play chess. That's a cool hobby. And I'm sure for someone like this woman, it would be like, Okay, real quick, the whole dying in a fire on the table for you <laughs> because you just called this my hobby. Like, and I think there's something to be said about that as far as like how we refer to things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it, I mean it's similar even to like I think MMA where it's like two mm-hmm. people that are just like the absolute highest levels and they're both thinking about like how am I gonna how am I gonna get the other right? You right. know, it's just a mental thing. But in this case, there's just a chessboard instead of blood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not as fun to watch, but, you know, I'm sure it's just as fun to be a part of. <laughs> I do find it a little bit harder to harder to watch. Yeah. Um, just just because, like, me and my group of friends play games now. And, like, I mean, I can watch it sometimes. But, like, when you're not in it, you just, yeah. like, really want Because you're just sitting there and, like, they're taking, like, five minutes to think about their move. And they're just like, uh, I'm going to go see what else is happening. Right. You know? but, but, like, when you're in that fucking game, like, that five minutes doesn't even feel like five minutes. You're just so, like... Well, because you're going over every possibility, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. some people play differently. Like, um, like one of my friends does literally in her head. She's like, if I do this, he's going to do that. If he does that, I do this. If he does that. And she's like eight moves ahead. Wow. But, but then it might not even happen because I might do a thing she wasn't even expecting. So then she has to start the eight over from there. Jesus. Basically. But I'm. I, you know, I'm not the worst player, but I really just kind of like, I'll do something. No, no, no. I'll I'm the worst player. Else. I promise you. I am the worst player. <laughs> but I mean, I'll win sometimes, but I don't do like, I'll do like, if I do this, they can do that. But I don't do like, you another don't do it right after that. that. No. Okay. Okay. I, I just, I don't feel like I really have the patience for that. And plus I feel well, like, and you have to care a lot about who wins. Like, you have to care a bunch about winning. And I'm just like, I really don't. Like, when we're done here, I'm going to go out and do other shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I do care about winning. Like, I even get a little bit competitive with it. But it's just, if I get that much in my head, I'm going to miss something obvious. Like, I only have this much right. free available brain space. <laughs> <laughs> I have a limited amount of brain space, and I'm not trying to take it up with this bullshit. <laughs> you feel me? I, I knew you would get it. Oh, I totally get it. I'm competitive about certain things. Like, I'm competitive about comedy shows. I'm comp- Like, when we get done with comedy shows, sometimes I'll walk up to the promoter and be like, hey, I think we can both agree. I won. 
Oh shit! I do it all the time, wow, dude. I'm a dick. Like, wow. it's, <laughs> okay. I don't do it. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't do it with like my friends. You know what I mean? Mm. If it's a like me or you are on a show or anything like that and everything, I don't really give a shit because I'm like, it's just gonna be a good show. But when I'm out of town and I go up and oh, it's like yeah, I had to prove myself that to get different. onto the show, I'll walk up to him and be like, "Hey, I won." Yeah, I definitely beat all of your fucking comedians <laughs> that were on this show. And uh, I won. So when can I come back? Like <laughs> that, that is so different, man. I feel I feel that so much. Um, I remember doing hyenas in Texas and I felt like that. Yeah. You know, because you're just like, all right, a couple of comics from Texas. You're like, right. all right, let, let's one of the ones them. that let's I let really know Tulsa's here. Yeah. One of the yeah. ones I really enjoyed doing and I didn't really win because it was just a, it's just a fantastic show was a, a Blackthorn in Joplin mm-hmm. there's a pizza place that was oh, that I've also been on, I've been on Blackboard. it's so fucking fun like and that I don't know if they're do, even doing it anymore though so I mean that really sucks but at the same time I can kind of hold that over any new comedians kind of being like are oh, you going to Joplin let me tell you about what Joplin used to be like <laughs> but yeah like anytime you go out of town to do a show or whatever it's always you got to bring your fucking a game because it's like they kind of took a shot by putting you on the show so then when you get there you kind of have to go above and beyond essentially and just kind of be like i'm gonna tear the fucking roof <laughs> off your building like here we go like you know that that joke that i've got that i kind of <laughs> hold back a little bit because it has cut in the punchline <laughs> not anymore <laughs> i love that you brought up blackthorn because that that is one where like i was there in like the beginning of like the birth of like joplin comedy yeah yeah like when you know bizarro went out there because he knew one person and he set up a show at uh, a bar called the gaslight and i wasn't on the first show but i was on the second and then I went back to the next one. I went to the next one because I was either like, you know, I would give them a ride and they'd throw me a guest spot or I was on the flyer. Right. And I got to do Blackthorn in like the very beginning. And there was one we did where it was like you couldn't even get in the door anymore. And, the, you know, they had, yeah. that, they had that upstairs like, yeah, like they, they were around. hanging off it, man. Yeah. It was like those were I had a couple of my best sets there. Oh, definitely. That was definitely one of the first I did a set there. It was the, the travelers from Tulsa were me. Uh, Nicolo Burkett and Michael Zampino. Hell yeah. And so we get up there and Zampino's headlining uh, and Burkett's after me. So I'm after essentially a couple of local comics. I got up there and it was just like one of those sets that everything went well. Like your timing was on. Like everyone knew where you were going sometimes. Like the whole Mm. nine. I even did like crowd work and shit that worked and everything like that. So when I got off stage, it was one of those feelings of like, I'm a professional. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, it's, I'm a professional. I've got this. And uh, it was just one of the best feelings. And then when I went back for another show a few months later, same feeling getting off stage, man. It was just fucking great. I love doing those shows. But I guess uh, Zach Kahn isn't doing those shows anymore. I wonder where he's been. I, I pulled up his uh, Instagram like the other day and he hadn't posted in like four months. Uh, or something. I mean, I follow him on Facebook. He's been, you know, just oh, okay. doing the there. whole, yeah, he's just been doing the whole, uh, you know, loving boyfriend and dad thing, I guess. And that's I'm cool. like, that's great and all, but also fuck you, dude. Like get back to it. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to hear your Arby's roast beef sandwich joke again. Like, uh-huh. where are you at? But, uh, but no, we used to go do, when I would go do those shows, it was great. And then about the time that he started to kind of, pull away from that and everything like that which i'm just fucking with him it's it's his call I, you know i'm not i'm never gonna give anyone shit for being a good dad uh but like as he was pulling away from it though um was the last show that i did out there and it was it was definitely not the same 
It's so as... hard to have like a fucking town like that where it all depends on like one guy. On I mean, one it was, guy, yeah. And it was kind of like that before. It went from like Mike Denny to Zach, right? Yeah, yeah. Mike, De- and I think Mike Denny was going to take over and then didn't. I, d- I didn't get any details on that mm. or anything like that. But there's still comedians in Joplin and everything that are trying. It's just you know you don't have that that showcase, I guess, or whatever. But damn, it happens. Yeah. There's, there's quite a few that we've encountered over the years. You know what I mean? That it's like, oh yeah, dude, we'll we'll definitely keep you in rotation as far as like you can come out in a few months and do another one. And then it's like you get that message of like, hey, so we're shut the fuck down. Uh-uh. Uh, we're not doing this anymore. Like fuck. All right. Well, damn. I was so proud of that too. I mean, just like it's it's kind of crazy to think that. I mean, there was no comedy in Joplin for years. Like yeah. literally nothing. And then like a group of us went up there several times and we kind of met some of the locals. We got some of the locals to do. So Mike was just Mike Denny was just coming to some of the shows. Like he wasn't a comic. And then on like the fourth show or whatever, he was like, you know, what if I tried like a few minutes and then, you know, now they they were in the Joplin paper, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then Mike got, you know, there was other comics that started and I'm trying to remember who all was in the, the original, I think it was Patrick Hoskins, um, Anthony Monteleone. There, mm-hmm. there was a group of like the early, like the core Joplin comics. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, that's, that's, I guess, true for all cities, huh? Like, I mean, what you, you think about the core, quote unquote, Tulsa comedians, there's, I don't know, maybe a few left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, we, we, we have Dan Fritchie, Hilton mm-hmm. Price. We have a lot of originals still. Um, and there's, there's ones that are still here. They might not be super active, but like, you know, they're here to like talk about the history and they, they potentially would do a set if someone reached out to them. They they right. could go do a set. It's just not common anymore. Right. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to realize about comedians in general is that it's like, hey, that guy might not have done a show in a while. But I'm telling you right now, if you were to give him a microphone and a stage, he could still knock out a good 10 minutes. That's easily. what I that's what I always think about, like like Jeremiah, um, uh, was it Jeremiah. Um, God damn it. Uh, Walton. Right. I don't yeah. Know Jeremiah Walt. So Jeremiah Walt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He was there when I started. Yeah. It's Walt. I always get mixed up because there's Jeremiah Watkins, like out, in, oh, you know, okay. like the famous one. But I mean, but Jeremiah <laughs> Walton was fucking hilarious, dude. Like yeah. he he had one uh, joke about a dog. I'm not going to tell this joke, obviously, but like it would <laughs> get, a it joke would, about a dog. <laughs> settle in because here we go. <laughs> it would get like 20 seconds of laughs at Looney Bin. Like he would just sit there. And it would just like the waves of like was laugh like he won he won Tulsa Comic of the Year when oh, wow. they did that bin contest and then he he just quit at some point just you know but but I feel like stop. if he wanted to he could go do a set and you'd right. be like oh shit because well, he one, still has all those jokes right well one comedian that I always I always have that thought towards is Dan Fritchie because Dan is one of those people that I be- I fully believe oh Dan hasn't done comedy in uh, let's say like five years or something like that which isn't true at all he's been doing comedy pretty steadily but like if that were to happen I have no doubt in my mind that it'd be like hey I've got the show coming up I'm gonna put Dan on it oh he hasn't done comedy in forever it's like yeah motherfucker watch just just watch you think that a motherfucker like that has stopped writing completely no dude Dan to me this in my opinion 100% facts one of the best comics in Tulsa oh yeah even just definitely. on the on the like, like top three he's definitely whatever. one of the funniest but at the same time he's also one of those people that's analytical about comedy like he can seriously sit there and look at a comedian and be like and break down like why their set didn't work yes and yes. you're just like that makes complete sense to me. Like he'll give you one little tip. Cause I always went to Dan for when I was first starting out, I knew Dan about 10 years ago. Cause I worked as a cook at the loony bin 
And I did my first set back then. Like when people are like, when did you do your first set? I was like, <laughs> Dan Fritchie was still working at the Looney Bin when I did my <laughs> first set. Uh, and so I knew Dan from back then. So I would go up to him and be like, all right, let me have it. Because I always knew Dan wasn't going to be the guy to be like, oh, you, you did great. You did y'all. <laughs> you got to come back next week. No, Dan would be the one that's like, okay, so that sucked, but let me tell you why. Like, <laughs> But yeah. you need that. And, I, and I've always wondered, too, that it's like, it, I know that it, exi- it exists in comedy and it helps. And I'm wondering if that exists in things like chess and whatnot as far as, like, getting yourself better. Like, do you have to have that, I don't want to say mentor, but, like, that, that voice of... of constructive criticism i'm wondering if that's the same thing and that that goes in the show too where it's like she starts out or through her earlier years is really good at, in one style and people are even telling her they're like that just being that one style is you're not going to be everyone with that like right. you've got to learn other ways to attack other ways to defend like and um, she, there's people that teach her along the way right. because they have their they're the best at their style. And they're like, let me let me show you this. So it's kind of like the Kung Fu movies. They have like crane style. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, seriously, <laughs> though, see, there's, I feel like there's so many parallels to all other types of art and competition that when you watch it, if you've ever been into any competition or right. any kind of like art of any kind, you should be able to watch it and be like, shit, it's just like this. It's just fucking like <laughs> you know? it. Well, and I mean, like, because the chess in and of itself is wildly analytical, right? Like, you you have to analyze every which way. And it's like your your friend was, you're saying your friend is thinking eight moves ahead. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around, like, that thought process, honestly. Like, I'm a comedian. I'm like, all right, let's see if this fucking joke (laughs) lands. Like, I'm very, like reactionary when it comes to certain things but i feel like it it definitely helps in the things that i do it helps like with this podcast it helps with like comedy and certain things that i do that it's like i'm reactionary i'm like okay let's see what happens okay now this is where i'm at let's go ahead and adapt from there like things like that whereas it seems like with chess it's like okay i'm gonna make this move he'll make this move i'll make this move he'll make this move you know what i mean like they they kind of have that plan in order and i feel like once that plan even a little bit goes awry you're fucked. Like, you're just kind of, well, I don't know what the fuck to do now. Or do you have to do both at the same time? Well, and there's people, too, that, like, there's, they can see so far ahead that they know there's no possible way you could even, I mean, you could be sitting there with 10 pieces still on the board. Yeah. And it's like, they already know there's nothing you can do based on what they know to not lose. Wow. Because of your setup. That's intimidating. Yeah. Like that's even just outside of chess, that would be intimidating just as a thought process for someone that you're just talking to. Yeah. Yeah. They say too that uh, my friend, uh, Brittany was telling me that like, she read that like the amount of calories that you burn playing chess, like when you're really really playing just because of the mental, um, gymnastics and stress. You never think about that. Yeah. I never think about the mental, uh, you you know, uh, taxing or the mental, I just woke up, uh, the mental, (laughs) like the, how taxing it is on the body to, to be that, you know, into something, you know, I, uh, I'm definitely not going to burn any calories doing this podcast or anything like that. Like, like, <laughs> like we're just hanging out and having good. This is essentially pretty much the conversations we have after. This is the opposite of chess. Yeah, this is the opposite. We are definitely not thinking ahead at all. Like, <laughs> I'm just getting fatter right now. <laughs> I'm over here eating Reese's Easter eggs. Like this is <laughs> hell yeah. But like, uh, but no, and I, I do want to touch on that as well. We do have 
uh, some state of the union type conversations after comedy shows or at bars or anything like that. Oh, I love that because we we don't just talk about like you know I I know plenty of comedians and you do as well that it's like all they want to do is talk shit about other comedians and oh, whatnot. Yeah. Whereas you and I we kind of have this this thing that we've been doing over the years where we like to talk about comedy in general and the state of you know just kind of like man I don't know. If so-and-so is going to keep going, well, why not? Well, so-and-so got canceled because they're telling similar <laughs> jokes. So, eh, you know, that kind of shit. But I, I always wonder, as far as, like, we, we kind of like to have our finger on the pulse as far as the, the world of comedy and everything. Does this woman have, like, her finger on the pulse as far as the world of chess? Or is it, like, more like she's on her way into the world and that's kind of the 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 outlook that they have towards it? That's very that's very interesting. Um, ah, that's a inter- very interesting question. Um, I so pride they, myself on that. They they kind of show her. I mean, I don't know how much I, I want to give away. I, I everyone should watch no matter what I say it. But um, so she's she's really good, and her her um, adoptive mother is you know letting her go into her like her first tournament. Okay, you know basically, and they so they are showing her like on on the way up. And they show her like, oh, okay, now she's on the cover of this magazine. You don't exactly know how big she's getting, but you know she's getting somewhere. Okay. And you're kind of you're kind of following along like, well, she could win this like you know Kentucky State tournament, but could she win you know the one for the region? Could she you know is she the best in America? Like you don't you don't exactly know, and they don't exactly tell you. But there is a focus on like the goal is like is Russia because Russia has all the top level like grandmaster so it's kind of like if you're good in america it's like well you're good for america you know (laughs) well you're okay but you're no russian i'll tell you that right now. yeah and they're they're even saying like people over there are starting you know oh you started at nine years old those kids are starting at four or whatever it's like you're you're behind you know as good as you are just wait till you're sitting across from this person um, but it's just right. Like, I, hey, you might think you're a good comedian or something like that. Yeah. But, okay, let's go ahead and see you do it over in this fucking like. Oh, you think you're a good comedian? Let's see you do Red's open mic and kill. Let's see you do that, you motherfucker. But like, yeah, because so I mean, it kind of sh- it's kind of a Cinderella type story, essentially. Yeah, and you kind of they kind of leave you wondering because you like you know. It uh, it would be kind of like in video games. It's like you know when she's playing this person. It's like all right, this isn't the top boss in the movie. You know it's not the top boss, right? In the movie right. Yet, or the the show, but and you don't know when they're gonna like have her lose at some point to kind of like give her a little taste of her, you know, to let her know that she's not top. That the biggest humility, shit. yeah, yeah. The humility. Are they gonna humble her and let her like think about it? Um, so you never feel like you're like, oh, this is a win. This is a win. You watch everyone like, is this going to be the one where she like yeah. has to eat shit and be like, damn, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Right. You know? Well, and I mean, that's it's definitely a crucial part of a lot of stories because we all know those people that they're like, yeah, I'm fucking great at this. And I don't yeah, fuck you. And you're like, motherfucker, I cannot wait <laughs> until you get knocked down a peg or two. Like, holy shit. Because even if it's true, even if you're like that guy is really good, you kind of still fucking hate him. Because you're like, hey, man, I don't want to hear about how good you are, especially if we're in the same thing. Like, we both know comedians that'll be like that all the time. Like, yeah, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to kill real quick. I'll be right back. And you're like, man, fuck you. I hope you fucking drown out there. You know what I mean? Like, I hope comedians don't even laugh at how bad you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, Well, like if it was a comedy movie, you would know, all right, at some point 
they're going to show a bomb. Yeah, he's you know? definitely bombing. Yeah. But then one you know, of my favorites actually is uh, Mike Birbiglia's. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen it. It's fantastic. It really is because it's essentially he's uh, he's telling the story of how he got started in comedy um, because Mike Birbiglia is more of like a scripted comic. You know what I mean? He has his show. He's that's what he does every time. Well, at first, his jokes were not landing at all. And so it's like, I think it's Mark Marin actually, is is playing the comic that's headlining. And uh, he said something to Mike Birbiglia, and he's trying to get his notes in order, and he looks over and just says something, like kind of like, you know, busting the balls of the people in his life. And Mark Marin just kind of looks back and goes, ha, that was really good. You should put that in the set. And he mm-hmm. goes, what? And, he, and that's where he starts, you know what I mean? Because he's like, oh, well, maybe I don't need to write jokes, essentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just need to take how I feel about my life and put it on stage. And from there, now he's, you know, he had his show not too long ago, the new one, which is fucking fantastic. And I highly recommend watching it. Um, I don't remember what it's on though, what it's streaming on. I should probably be more professional and know that shit before I start. But, (laughs) but like, I mean, that's the thing is that it's like, you, it's not, there are some times that it's like, it's not necessarily that you had to lose or anything like that to have that humility, I think the humility essentially fuels the decision of like, oh, well, I don't know everything and I should keep learning and keep growing and and then do better because everyone always just kind of thinks like the humility is what makes you great. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's it's the humility towards your own uh, career and whatnot to, to rewrite, to to grow and all that shit. And I don't know if that's the same thing in chess. I well, mean, you know, and it, it does kind of show it's not enough to just you can't just coast by on like national uh, natural talent. Like you'll right. get so far, but you also have to be willing to learn and grow. And there there are things like that. And similar to what you talked about, the headliner kind of teaching Mike something yeah. in, in a way um, that happens kind of throughout the show, too, with, with her having to like you know, listen to other people. It's like, oh, well, you know, she's played this kind of chess before. And they're like, hey, we tried, you know, can can you do speed chess? Yeah, can you, go, you, can you go fast? Or, yeah. You know, and then they I have to. I think it's almost the staple of, of the Cinderella story is the veteran character that's going to kind of help you through and everything like that. Like uh, the Marvelous Miss Maisel has Lenny Bruce. Like he kind of helps her and like tells her like, hey, fucking chill. Like just because you're a fucking comic doesn't mean like, you know, you're, you're hot shit or anything like that. Like, and so, I mean. But that's the thing, though, is that it's like there's so many different types of personalities in anything that you try to pursue, whether it's comedy or chess or anything like that. Is there like uh, uh, a dickhead type character in this show that he's like really good and he knows it? Oh, in in this show? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they uh, kind of present it like that. I don't think there's any like really like straight up heel characters in okay. it like that it's it's sort of like there's people that you really you want her to beat but yeah you're just kind of like oh my god you better win this one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah def- definitely definitely well and i mean uh so but you do you pull for her the whole time yeah you really you really do and i think that's such a uh that they deserve a lot of credit for that because it's like there's so much that happens with the character to, that you have to keep the character likable. Yeah, yeah. And there's different ways to do that where there's things that could things that could happen because you're also kind of watching like her dating life. You're watching other things, you know, how she interacts with her, you know, ad- adoptive mom and, you know, whoever right. else comes in her world and with like the other chess players. So but yeah, I mean, de- definitely, I think she's a, a very likable character um, to everyone, too. It's like men and women 
uh, cheer for her in in the way that uh, she it's it's very well written the way they go. the way they do like the relationships too I think um, uh, I don't want to give too much away but I think I think oh, no, I think we, anyone we watching it... spoilers on this show it's <laughs> fine we really do like we we don't really give a shit like if you if you're sitting out there listening and this is your first one and you're like oh no spoilers hey how about you listen to the other fucking episodes <laughs> that I've put out and you'll know that that's how we fucking operate. <laughs> Well, there, uh, there's another great uh, aspect to it too that I, I don't know if this will get you particularly, but okay. maybe some other people listening. The fucking outfits and whoever was the 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 oh, clothing like the designer and whatnot. Yeah, it's just like in every scene she's got some fucking like dress on or something, or like her hair is different, and she just walks on screen. You're just like, oh shit! Like she was in yeah. a whole other thing. Well, you no, know? it did actually. It was really cool. In actually, the marvelous Miss Maisel, the 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 outfits that she had and everything like that. Because it's set in the late 60s, I think it is. Dude, wow. Like, I, and I, I mean, I'm not into fashion. I mean, obviously, I'm sitting here wearing, like, <laughs> my denim vest and a shirt that I've owned for a while. But, uh, but like, I mean, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate most things that it's like it takes a lot of time and creativity to make. And so uh, when we were talking about Shit's Creek with the Bensons last week, mm-hmm. it, that's something that apparently they took very seriously for the show was the fashion aspects because these people are supposed to be these fashion icons that are rich and all that. So, you know, he took that very seriously in the show. Like Dan Levy apparently would like go and make sure like he was there for those things like fittings and whatnot, which is really cool to me. And so uh, you're saying that they really took that seriously oh, in yeah. the show as well? And my, yeah, my friends that I was watching it with, like, every time she would hit the screen, they'd be like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, the, like look at this, you know, what, look at this <laughs> outfit. It's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Like, where do I get something like this, you know? And, like, every time. And it's just like there's so many. Once you start looking for it, you're just like, shit. Like, whoever job it was to coordinate all right. that and there's Nailed so it. many fucking extras in the movie too i mean they'll literally do a scene where there'll be 60 extras they're all in like the appropriate you know attire and all right doing you just the coordination that it must have taken to like film all this man i i get so like awestruck when i truly sit down and think about stuff like that you know what i mean that it's like yeah you know movies are multi-billion dollar industries and we all understand that but when you start to understand all of the manpower and different jobs that it took to get to this, you know, two hour movie or whatever, you'll be sitting there watching it going, wow, like that's fucking cool (laughs) that that many people got together for this one project, you know, that one goal. Like I watched the Lord of the Rings movies and besides the fact that they're amazing movies in general, just realizing how many people were involved. Yeah. I'd sit there and I get goosebumps every time I watch it. And I know that's, you know, not maybe what they were going after, but Fuck it, I get them anyway. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. But like with this one, they take chess seriously, they take the the wardrobe seriously, and the writing you said is great as well. So, I mean, essentially, you're saying pretty fucking good show. Yeah, the writing the writing is so good. It's it's one of those things where like I was I was like pretty hooked early on. I mean, I I was I don't think there was any point where I was like not wanting to watch it. You yeah. know, like I mean, I kind of already had kind of an interest in in chess and everything like that. But it really, it even early on, like even when she's like the kid in the orphanage, yeah. you know, playing with the chess with the janitor in the basement, I was already like 
That's kind of the most depressing thing like, I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, some of it kind of seemed like a little bit far-fetched. Like, you're kind of laughing a little bit in the beginning. At least I was. I'm like, sure, there's like a fucking janitor at the orphanage, like, playing right. chess in the basement by himself. <laughs> and the little girl walks in and she fucking beats him, you know? I'm like, all right. But, like, well, and and also, it's not based on a true story either. Well, yeah, because you're also sitting there going, woof, this might go dark. <laughs> yeah. This might go real dark. <laughs> like, because I, oh, I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds. So I'm just kind of like, ooh, janitor in a basement. Huh? I don't like where this is going. <laughs> but but he comes back like he he ends up being like important later. You know, you're in episode right, right. eight, so it's like all that shit is so fucking cool, and it really makes you feel like you're like I'm glad I fucking watched this because they yeah. fucking paid that off for Hell me. Hell yeah, no. And I mean that's the thing is that it's like when it comes to binging, essentially you're just kind of like you're you're essentially making a bet that this is all going to be worth it. That mm. all of this time is going to have a payoff. And I think that's why shows like Game of Thrones and and Sopranos and shows like that, that it's like, great show, shitty ending. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, but it was a great show. It's like, no, you don't fucking understand. I needed that payoff. I needed to know that this this was all working towards something. You know, because like, yeah, we can sit there and watch a show or whatever, and we can binge whatever. You know, this is is American 2021, man. Like, literally, if you tell me a show, I can go home and... And from the comfort of my home, probably find every episode of that show and knock it out real quick. And so it's not that hard to do. But what's really hard to do is to give all that time to be worth it. You know what I mean? And so often shows end so shitty. Like Dexter or like, like I said, Sopranos. You ended that show in mid-sentence, you well, fucks. Well, it seemed like on some of those, it's like they... They didn't have their, you know, their arc. They were just like the, you know, HBO was like, we need another season. They're like, yeah. all right, we got to like come up with what the fuck happens next. We're gonna, we're gonna and get, I've said it before, but I I respect the hell out of Dan Levy for doing what he did with Shit's Creek. That he was just like, nope, we're done. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, no, you got to make another one, another season. He goes, no, the fuck I don't. Yeah. I don't have to do shit. Like, this is when it's supposed to end. And this is when we're going to end it. And I'm like, dude, we have to. I feel like more shows need to embrace that. Like, these shows can't go on forever, man. Like, we're not all supernatural. You know what I mean? That that fucking show, I can't binge that show. You know what I mean? Because mm. it's 15 seasons now, 23 episodes per season, and they're all an hour long. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I got shit to do, man. Well, and there, there'd really be not much to do after this. I mean, the whole thing was built for, like... She's a kid. You kind of grow up with her. You know, someday she's going to fucking play the Russians. Right. Like that's the, it's built for that. You it's know, pretty it's much built like for the title fight. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like foreshadowed Rocky. real quick. Like, yeah. Hey, Russians. Okay. Thank you for putting that in my head yeah. early on. Here we go. <laughs> but, I mean, it, but you don't know, like they don't make it obvious whether or not she's going to win at the end. Okay. You know, cause it, it Cause could be like a, a, yeah, cause she might not, you know, it could be like a that's Rocky awesome. thing, you know, I where really you're still like, that. fuck Yeah. Because I I love James Bond movies because of that aspect that I'm like, I know he's going to win. That's just how I get that. But with a show like this, if I know for a fact that she's going to win at the end and all mm-hmm. that stuff, it kind of takes me out of it. A little bit, yeah. Because you're just kind of like, ugh, great. Let's see this optimist-fueled fucking <laughs> happy time show. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know what it's just one of those things, man. I don't know. It might not. It might just be me or, you know, whatever. But it's just one of those things that it's like I in shows and whatnot. If I'm binging them, especially I need to know that failure is an option for this character, because then 
If they do win, then it's like, hey, good for you. <laughs> Whereas it's like, you know, with James Bond, once he wins the credits roll, you're like, you're kind of like, well, it's kind of cool. But also we all knew those. <laughs> like, come on, man. It's, it's some of the romance is well written too. Like, you know, you're watching them play and you're like, all right, are they going to fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right, I uh, checkmate. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. you're gonna say when you're done. Yeah, you're watching. You're like, this could be some like hot fucking nerdy uh, chess sex, you know, between these two. <laughs> he know? just clears the board <laughs> and throws her down. Oh man, uh, ooh, I gotta call Brittany real quick. Like, hey girl, I'm coming over. <laughs> you should get a chess game going yeah. between you sometime. Like, yeah, I'm like, hey baby, I'm coming over and I'm bringing a chess board. <laughs> Trust me on this. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, but no, like, I mean, but with the shows and everything, you, you know what I'm talking about when I say that, too, that it's like it, it's almost like ingrained in the show that it's mm. like even from the first episode, you're like, let me guess. He wins. Cool. Yeah. Because like, that's not fun for me to watch. And I never knew throughout the whole thing. Right. Like, yeah. that's the kind of the vibe that they give you is kind of like, you well, don't she, know. Won't she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's that I enjoy. And it would it's good either way. Honestly, right. like either way it goes, oh. you're going to be cool with it. Well, yeah, I just mean, like, there are some shows or movies or whatever that it's kind of like it. the whole purpose of that show is to give you is to give certain people like that happy, bubbly feeling of, oh, my God, he won. We always knew he would. Whereas I'm the guy that I'm like, Ugh, we all knew he was going to win. Why the fuck am I watching this? Like, <laughs> I don't want to fucking watch this. Like, I, I want to watch someone overcome shit. You know what I mean? Like, actually work hard to get something done. Because that's the reality of things. Like, when I was a kid, sure, I loved to watch someone win something because I'm like, I want to win. But as an adult, after being kicked around for so often, you know, you tried this. It didn't work. You move on. You tried this. It did not work. You move on. <laughs> and you've got your scars from those things not working out and getting the shit kicked out of you. But then you start winning at stuff. And you're like, hey, this <laughs> feels pretty fucking good. Okay. And I think it's because of getting kicked around before. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a, pre I'm usually pretty critical of shows. Too. I'm not the person that's like, oh, I love every show. I love every. Oh, that's movie. why you don't have a TV. You're like, yeah, I'm not watching this shit. I usually don't give a fuck. But <laughs> you have to really make me care about a character. I mean, that's and, and, and in this movie, you know, it starts like I don't even really think about it super hard. But it's like, yeah, it is like a kid like in an orphanage with odds stacked against her and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I mean, they they did do it well and made you they make you care about the character and I won't automatically care about a character. You right. can't just throw some shit on screen and I'm going to start rooting for the guy because he's right. up there. You know, you gotta, yeah, you you're gotta not gonna, show like, me something. Someone's getting on stage. I'm not going to get Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> exactly. Like you have to have that. You got to build Rudy and yeah. make, make you love him. Well, I have to also, I, one of the things that I truly hate about some shows is that not only do they have that aspect, but they do exactly what you're talking about where it's like, Oh, they're on screen. That's all we need to do. Fuck that. Make that dude a, a person to me. Yep. Don't make him just, oh, he's that character. Like, make me look at that guy and go, oh, he made that decision because of previously his father did this to him or whatever. And, like, let me kind of get into the psychology of certain shit. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get that from motherfucking Disney. You know? <laughs> well, nowadays you might because they're getting pretty in-depth with their shit. But... <laughs> I'm going to sound like the biggest asshole ever for this. You might even edit this out. but I'm not you... editing shit. <laughs> did you ever see the movie Argo? Argo. It, like, is that the one with uh, Ben Affleck? Old, old Affleck. Yeah. Fans it, was the shit, yo! And it won Best Picture. Like, I was so bored. I hated that movie because, like, I felt like they didn't build any of the characters. They, they, really they were didn't. just like, here's a bunch of hostages. You automatically care about these hostages. I'm like, I don't. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I really don't. I was so, un like, 
emotionally uninvested in that movie. <laughs> I just didn't give a fuck the whole time. I didn't care about Ben. I didn't care about the hostages. I fucking love that, though, because I'm the same way. I'm just kind of like, okay, real quick, make me fucking care. Exactly. Because all they are to me right now is some color pixelation on my TV, okay? <laughs> I don't fucking give a shit unless you make me. And I think there's, there's something to be said about that as far as, like, the writing and storytelling aspects of movies and shows that it's like, you know... Shit's Creek, I always go back to Shit's Creek because it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows, but I mean, to be fair, he nailed that because on as 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 just looking at that show as like a premise, on paper, rich people becoming poor and I'm supposed to give a shit? Fuck. I'm cracking <laughs> fucking bubbly and celebrating the fact that you fuckers aren't rich anymore. But he made you care about them. Mm. And I think that that was an important step in order to establish the entire show, let alone multiple you know interactions between the characters because like you don't know why you started caring but you did it forrest gump is a good example of that too because like you you understood why the forrest gump character loved jenny so much because you saw early on you know she stuck up for him when he was just the nerd that right. everyone made fun of. no one gave a fuck about him and she was like hey don't fuck with him yeah and it was like as someone that grew up and was like that kid it was yeah. like that would make you'd be loyal to that person forever. Like you would love that person. Well, yeah, because like whenever you have that, and I mean, like uh, I was, I was quite an awkward kid. So I had my phase where I was getting made fun of and things like that and, and whatnot. And so whenever that's happening to you, you really do feel like that's just life now. You know what I mean? Like you kind of just lean into it after a while. You're just kind of like, well, I'm the weird kid. Here we go. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, after a while, uh, I had friends that would just kind of be like, hey, man, you're, you're not that fucking weird. Like, you can – I mean, you're weird, but you're not that weird. <laughs> and so that really brought me out of that mindset. But if I hadn't had that, I'd essentially be that dude forever. I'd be, you know, awkward and weird and uh, nobody wants to talk to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's it's a weird breakthrough whenever you kind of realize, like, oh, shit. People do want to talk to me. This is fucking weird. Let's do that now. Well, I just I love writing that can get something across, like can make you care about a character or, or can portray something in not the obvious way. I feel like a lot of movies, you know, when they try to they need to show that a character is a badass. So it's oh, well, we'll just have him like, you know, beat up 20 people real quick in the beginning. Yeah. And you're like, OK, but that's kind of like. But also this was the beginning. Not... So he's just going to do this for the whole thing. OK, cool. Yeah. There's no real like build up to it or mm-hmm. anything. And it's just it's so. Like that's one thing I I always really liked about the Godfather movie was like oh man the um the uh, Al- nail that guy fought the Al Pacino character yeah. like they didn't show him you know beating down a bunch of dudes or killing a bunch of dudes with his bare hands to show you that he was a bad motherfucker there was one scene where he's he's outside and like everybody's getting slices of cake and the the guy that's the server comes over with the the slice that isn't the the correct size that he wanted and he just kind of like wait well, the guy could not get out of there fast enough to get the right slice of cake yeah. and it just lets the viewer know you're like okay so he's the fucking man yeah, like do not you, you fuck can't with you that can't guy. just slightly like wave off a piece of cake yeah and then get another well, one. well and i think that there's something to be said about the whole badass archetype because like it's 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 done so often and so a lot of the times yeah they will do the whole he's a badass because he fought 20 people but it's like he's even more badass if you operate in subtlety you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like that that move of that server running back you're like oh fuck 
Yeah. Like, that guy is afraid for his fucking life <laughs> just giving this guy a fucking piece of cake. <laughs> right. Like, that guy's a badass. And he didn't do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. And everybody saw it. It was it was just one of those things where it's like, even if you don't consciously see what just happened, because they, they were... They didn't make it the main part of the scene. You know, right. he's talking to someone else, but it's like subconsciously you see that and you're like, oh, that's the boss. Yeah. I mean, you, you know? know that. Like, yeah. But I mean, and as far as like with this character, though, like what, what would you say is her kind of like archetype? Is she kind of like the cocky newbie, the, you know, the kind of badass bitch type thing or. She's really not. I mean, and I think they leave a lot of it. It really keeps you watching because. They don't lay it on real thick, like, who the character is. There's a lot of quiet. There's a lot of, like, you kind of figuring out, like, oh, does she think she's the shit now or doesn't she? Right. You know, because you just see her kind of moving up. And I don't know. The writing is is so fucking good that it's – it just kind of makes you – makes you – I mean, I'm not someone that watches a lot of shit – but the writing is still much better well, than like the stuff I grew shit. up with. <laughs> like you're like this is such another level. Well, and I think there's writing. something to be said about that. That it's like you and I are roughly the same age, and so it's like the shit that we grew up on was always obvious. Right. It was always just really half-assed writing. Like really, just kind of like oh, okay, so it's a badass. Yeah, we'll have him fight twenty people. That'll prove he's a badass. All right, moving on. Yeah. But that, like nowadays, it's so cerebral some of the times of just how they write a character, how they write storylines and things like that to where it's like, yeah, you could, could just take it as like what it is, you know, or you can kind of be like, Oh, I kind of understand why they did that. Okay. So essentially this pertain to this and then this is going to happen. And it's really cool sometimes, if, especially if you smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, you just kind of sit down and <laughs> I think it's because he had daddy issues. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't they don't hit you over the head with it. And that's the coolest part that it's like you just know it's like, OK, she's walking different now. Or, oh, OK, she oh, she changed her hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, just OK, really like, changes. like and it okay, makes bitch, you watch it. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think that would be the same way it would be watching like any art form. Yeah. You know, you just you end up a person in your life too. Yeah. like a friend of yours, you know, shows up with an outfit. You never saw him in before. You're like. All right, like what's going on with right, you? Right, the homies you feeling know? themselves. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, moving and you out. know I, what I really hate is when that's happening. I am of the mindset that I'm the guy that I'm. I'm more or less one of those like I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm like, but if I do, I'm like, hey, looking good, and then we move <laughs> on. But I have friends that it's like if I showed up with like one of the first times I showed up, uh, where like with my hair longer, you know, because it was after quarantine, they hadn't seen me in a while. So I walked in and they were just kind of like, what up, ponytail? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't even have my hair up right now. Like, really? Like, they give you shit. But I think that that's kind of going back to what we're talking about, that it's like, you're not going to just get that from these guys. You know what I mean? You're not just going to get like, oh, looking good. These are the kind of guys that it's like, you're going to earn a compliment, motherfucker. And it's like, I don't want one. (laughs) (laughs) But like with this character, though, I mean, you know, when you're watching the progression of everything, like you, you, but you're saying you're, you're still pulling for her the whole time. I, I really was. And, and like I said earlier, like I'm not someone that will automatically root for a character. I won't. Right. And so it really did win, win me over. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm into it. Just the writing. Hey, uh, real quick. We're, we're about done here, but, uh, where can people come see you soon? Um, we're going to do a show together, April fool's day right. at foolish things, bar and biscuit on Brookside, 10 PM. If you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, that is today. 
That'll be the, that. That'll be when it drops. That's why I had you on. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Fuck I yeah. was like, I really want Evan to make sure to get it out there. And then I kind of looked at the calendar and everything. I was like, well, they got a, <laughs> they got a fucking day. <laughs> but yeah, this is the first show I'm I'm doing uh, in months now. So um, we're both on that show. If you guys are wondering if we really are funny, uh, I promise you we are. <laughs> we've we've done many a show and we've proved it many a times. So come on out and uh, and this is where again. Uh, Foolish Things, Bar and Biscuit on Brookside. And, on Brookside. And will we have chess jokes? Will we have chess jokes? Will we have chess I can probably try and work on one before the show airs. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be very good. <laughs> I, I just at the end of my set, I'm going to be like, checkmate, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That'll just be my closer from here on out. Checkmate, bitches, I'm out. <laughs> well, Evan, uh, did you have fun? I had so much fun, man. Fuck yeah. That's what we're always after around here. That and swearing. Can, can I spoil searching for Bobby Fisher real you quick? You fucking definitely can. So when he beats the kid at the end, when he's got him like in check, he goes, trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. It's so fucking, it's the best. I just dude. love the idea of them just kind of be like, all right, give him a badass line. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? <laughs> Shit Holy goes hard, shit. man. Watch that shit. Oh, my God. Well, Evan, hey, thanks for coming out, Thanks dude. for having me. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, and for all of you out there listening and whatnot, please come out to that show if you are uh, if you got nothing to do tonight. Uh, if you're listening after the fact and you didn't catch this on the premiere day and the show's already happened, <laughs> I can guarantee you we had a good time. Uh, but <laughs> for Evan Hughes, my name's Terrell Norton. Uh, I love you guys. There's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. See ya.